Hello and welcome to Leanne Ward Nutrition, a podcast where you will find expert advice on all things health and nutrition related. Each week, we will discuss my three niche areas of gut health, emotional eating and sustainable fat loss. My hope for this podcast is to cut through the BS online and show you real, practical and evidence-based messages around nutrition so you can live your best life day in and day out. So sit tight, buckle up, and let's get started on today's podcast. Our special guest today is keynote speaker, success and life coach, Anthony Eichen. He's built and sold a highly successful dance studio. He's appeared as a competitor on the renowned national TV show, So You Think You Can Dance, was a soloist in the world-famous cabaret, The Moulin Rouge in Paris, and he is a former world aerobic champion. Anthony's superpower is his ability to really connect with people, to motivate them and to help them feel more confident. He spent his life going after and achieving his own goals, and now Anthony is helping others to achieve theirs too. He has the drive of an elite athlete, the Aussie no worries attitude, and the energy, skills, and experience to truly move you. On today's episode, Anthony and I talk about how to beat imposter syndrome and how to improve your confidence. You can follow Anthony on his Instagram, which is at Anthony Iken, I-K-I-N, or visit his website, which is IkenAchieve.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by my premium coaching program, Lean Gut Mind Method. In this busy world, women struggle to prioritize their health, and they constantly find themselves frustrated with a lack of results. Lean Gut Mind Method Coaching Service provides expertise, personalization, and a proven system of tools so that women find themselves empowered to live their best lives in a body that they choose. If you're a female who struggles with weight loss, emotional eating, and poor gut health, and you're ready to change once and for all, let me and my team help you. Lean Gut Mind Method is the last nutrition program you will ever need to invest in and the first program you will see lasting results from. Let me and my team show you the way. Apply for my premium one-on-one 12-week coaching program at www.leangutmindmethod.com. Welcome to the Leanne Ward Nutrition Podcast, Anthony. We're very excited to have you on today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited too. Yeah, wonderful. Well, let's start by, I guess, telling our listeners a little bit about how you got, I guess, in that space of motivation and confidence and became a speaker in this area. Yes, definitely. Well, I feel like I've been doing it most of my life. I I was a, a dancer, I was an athlete, and I would also coach other people that wanted to either go into the dance space or competitive aerobic space, which is where I was an athlete for. So I feel like I was training myself to be in this lane from such a young age. And then what happened was when my husband and I, we moved to LA in late 2019, mm-hmm. when the world was normal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then obviously COVID hit and we were in the most extreme lockdown over there in America Mm. for a long time. So I was looking at ways to be able to diversify what I do and maybe launch a new business. Um, I'd already been booked as a speaker for a few different things and that was starting to kind of amp up and go well. And I was getting booked obviously during COVID for some virtual and online things. Mm. So it kind of just all made sense. And that's when I launched I Can Achieve which specializes in motivational or keynote speaking Mm -hmm. and also coaching, whether it's group coaching or one-on-one coaching Mm -hmm. with the whole mission of just making people 
like themselves and in turn love themselves a little more than they did just yesterday and by doing that love their life a lot more as well because mm, they kind of go hand in hand they like I've never really met a confident person who didn't like themselves or I feel like when I meet people who don't have that confidence it's because they they're battling those kind of internal demons themselves aren't they absolutely the the internal dialogue I always say this and I'm sure we'll get into it in a little bit but we're our own bullies mm. Our internal dialogue is bullying us all the time. Mm -hmm. So we're all experiencing bullying Mm -hmm. ongoingly. And sometimes the worst bully of them all is that negative voice we have for ourselves. But it's there's a lot of tools to be able to navigate that, which I'm sure we'll get into as well. But it's it's a it's a process that never stops and it should never stop Mm -hmm. is to be able to have the most amazing relationship with yourself. Yeah, I love that. And we're definitely going to get into it a little bit deeper. But firstly, let's start off with a little bit about your childhood. So how was your own, I guess, confidence growing up? You strike me as a very confident person, as I I hope that you (laughs) would be. But have you always been like this? Have you always been so um, energetic and charismatic and confident? Or was that something that you've naturally, I guess, learned over time? Yes, it was. At the early start of my life, at the early stages of my life, I did have just that natural zest for life. And I was a social person. I loved other people. Mm. I liked connecting with other people. And I think it was just a little bit of luck when I was younger, but I was quite good at school and good at sports. So Mm. I got to experience like a few wins and some runs on the board from a really young age. And I think that really helps as well, Mm, being able to mm. to find those small wins. I got that from a young age, but it got turned on its head when I turned like 11 or 12 and everything that I loved, which was like dancing to music and backflips and cartwheels Mm. and all of this kind of stuff, which was once really unique and cool, it became really girly and Mm. very uncool. So my confidence got so shattered because everyone started to hate me and turn on me for for no real reason that I could understand. Like all I was doing was the things that I loved mm. and that became a reason for people to to spray hate on me or to, to treat me different or to not want to be around me. So, yes, from a very young age I was super confident, but it really did get stripped away from me mm. and I had to build that back up over time. And so I do I do use a lot of the tools that, I had to use from my own experience of life to to get back to that young version of myself here in adult life to be able to love myself and not care what anyone thinks about what I do because I love to do it for me. Mm. So it was yes, confidence existed, it was taken away and then I and then I definitely did the work to get it back. Yeah, which is amazing and why we've got you on the potty here today because I remember hearing you at a keynote event and I just thought your story was so wonderful and I think so many people can relate, particularly, I mean, I have a broad range of listeners. You know, I've got some young teens. I've got right up to women in, you know, their 70s and their 80s even sending me emails and DMs on Instagram. I'm like, good on you. Yes. <laughs> and so I feel like for those young guys going through the thick of it, like sometimes high school bullying and like social media, it's it can be horrendous. Do you have any tips for people that are really struggling where, I mean, I was a different kid as well. Like I've been six foot tall since I was about 14. So I wouldn't necessarily say I got bullied, but I was very much like the weird kid or like the kid who was, I think I was the tallest kid in the entire school in my primary school. So, you know, like I didn't date, like boys weren't lining up at my door to come date me or anything like that because <laughs> I was just so tall and so 
just different to everybody as well. So, I mean, I think that different is a superpower in itself, but when you're young and you're in the thick of it, it's so hard to see, isn't it? Oh my God, yes. And with what you were saying, there's two parts that I want to answer it with. And the first one is that tips for bullying firstly is to the the parents mm. or the people in that circle of influence that maybe knows somebody that is being bullied or being teased or going through something like that mm-hmm. is be very cautious of the language you use and the actions that you take. I think it's just so embedded in us that society deems your life to be a certain way. And then people that aren't that way feel really different. Mm -hmm. And I certainly did myself because I I come from my brother. My older brother is like a, a famous rugby league player and played for state of origin and did all of that kind of stuff. Mm. And the attention and the accolades he would get was amazing and very, very deserving. Mm. Little old me who who loved like things so very opposite to him, it became like so different and unusual and people's language would match that. So I just felt out on my own and I felt really alone doing those things versus what it would have been like to do things that society deemed was normal. Mm. So when I say just be cautious of the language that you use and the actions that you take, if you know someone that is experiencing being bullied or teased or anything like that, make them feel so amazing being their unique, perfect selves Mm -hmm. and make them feel included and make them feel encouraged and make them feel supported in that space, Mm -hmm. because it's usually the people that have something about them that's very unique or that they do something that is very unique Mm -hmm. that causes the bullying, that causes the teasing. So make people's uniqueness feel so goddamn beautiful and amazing. I love that. And then a second part to, to that answer is if you said you had some teens on here as well, if you've got anyone on here, that is being bullied or feels like they're being teased or in an environment where they feel unsafe, whether it's just verbally or emotionally, I promise you, you're going to be okay. You will be okay. When I look back on my bullying experience, I would get the most harsh things said to me on a daily basis at a really, like uh, at a young age from 12 years old. When I look back on that time of my life, it is one of my superpowers now that I am so resilient, I am so thick-skinned, you can throw anything at me and I know I'm going to get through it Mm. because I've been through such a rough time at such a young age and I got through it Mm. and I came out the other end and I wasn't just okay, I was bloody amazing. Yeah, you thrived. Now, the person having the lived experience of being bullied right now, you may not feel that, you may not see it, but trust me when I say it, you're going to be okay. And this will make sense someday and it will become one of your superpowers too. Mm -hmm. 
And what can parents and I guess caregivers do in this space if we do have children or we do know people that are going through things like bullying because of their uniqueness? Mm. Is it about finding ways that we can support that uniqueness and putting them in touch with similar people where if you love to dance, if you love to have crazy colored hair, if you love to, um, I don't know, do something, you know, like I'm trying to think of a random skill, like play a particular type of instrument versus playing netball like most, you know, young girls do. Is that something that we can try to nurture and truly try to support in that way as well? 100%. Make their uniqueness feel wonderful, feel supported Mm. and go out of your way. Put in the extra work to be able to demonstrate just that. Make their uniqueness feel so bloody wonderful. I love that. And I remember hearing you say that you've been in touch with your bully since school. What was that experience like meeting them, I don't know, 10 years plus later when you were, quote unquote, so successful and you were like the prime of your career? You'd just come off one of the first seasons of So You Think You Can Dance and I bet everybody wanted to know about you and be friends then. <laughs> How did that feel? <laughs> it felt amazing. I My 10-year high school reunion was like a month or two after So You Think It Can Dance had just wrapped up. Yeah. And that was like such a successful show back then. It was like 2008 or something like that. Mm. And it just felt amazing that coming from such a place where I felt um, marginalised and not accepted to then fast forward 10 years and I stuck with the things that I loved, pursuing all the things that I wanted to do, I stuck with it and I had success from doing that and it was like just such a wonderful experience for me to be like you know what you hung shit on me all those years ago and now look I'm living the life of my dreams I'm doing what I love I'm causing such great impact for myself and lots of other people around me so the joke's on you Mm. because I'm so happy I'm loving my life I'm out here thriving and it didn't have to be that way back then and for whatever reason it was but um yeah I have to say it it felt pretty bloody amazing coming straight off that show and going to that reunion I bet it did (laughs) and I guess this is sort of a little bit off track but I was thinking about that sort of tall poppy syndrome that we have in Australia because I'm sure a lot of people were very you know happy for you and go Anthony but I'm sure there was still a lot of people from high school being like oh he doesn't deserve that or you know he's nothing you know, we have that for whatever reason. And I don't think people overseas really get it. Like I was trying to explain to one of my US clients what tall poppy syndrome was. And I was like, even in the dietetic community, I'm doing things a little bit different to other dietitians. You know, most are in private practice, most are in working in a hospital. I do things a bit different and I get a little bit of pushback for that or you shouldn't be doing that sort of thing. And I was trying to explain to my client like what tall poppy syndrome was. But do you feel like we do have that in Australia? Like it definitely exists. I'm not making this up, am I? I'm God, no, it's it's like it's in our DNA. That's the scary thing. Like I'm in this space of preaching motivation and positivity and confidence and all of that. Mm. I still catch myself in conversations where someone else might be tearing somebody else down and I don't want to be there, but it's just like so habitual for Australians to do that. Mm. And then all of a sudden I'm dragged into that kind of environment and I have to like, it takes me a minute to snap myself out of it to be like, hang on a sec. This is not what I'm about, nor do I want to be involved in something like this. But it's 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 a really upsetting quality that us Aussies have mm. that it's just such a way of life and it's so normal for us to tear other people's success 
down. And I think, shouldn't we celebrate everyone? Shouldn't we want success for everybody? I mean, almost everybody. Shouldn't we just want to celebrate their successes and be their cheerleader? And it, it does it does upset me when I see so many Australians in that game of tearing someone else down. But part of what I do is 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 also trying to retrain how how people think and the, the negative habits that they've gotten themselves into. And we've all got them. Mm. We've all got mm-hmm. them. Um, but part of what I do in a coaching sense is to be able to to let people get awareness around those kind of behaviours that they've got and then do whatever it takes to be able to change it. So person by person, I'm out to eliminate that Aussie tall poppy syndrome. Isn't it funny? Because we have this tall poppy syndrome where we like don't want other people to succeed, but in the same respect, we're like rooting for the underdog. Do you know what I mean? Like yes. we're always like, oh, we, the Aussie battler, like we want the one to don't succeed to succeed. But at the same time, we're like, oh, but then we don't want you to succeed. <laughs> we don't want you to fail, but we don't quite want you to succeed. Like Aussies are so weird, aren't we? So weird. It's like, what do you want then? If you don't <laughs> want that or that, like, what do you want? So funny. All right. Well, We've mentioned a couple of times, you know, that negative dialogue that we have within ourselves, And I like to think of that as like imposter syndrome, where we're like, we almost don't quite believe that we ourselves can succeed because we beat ourselves up and we're so hard on ourselves. And I think particularly, I'm not sure from your experience, I work a lot with females and I feel like females are the worst at this. Like we're constantly tearing each other down or even ourselves, like just tearing ourselves down and thinking we're not good enough. We don't deserve it or we're not smart enough. We haven't spent enough time training ourselves. And even I had a lot of that imposter syndrome starting my own business and starting a podcast. I was like, I don't know anything about tech. I traditionally talk very, very, very fast. I'm like, I'm, I'd be a terrible podcaster. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it and see what happens. And and here we are. <laughs> <laughs> and you're doing so well. Thank you. Thank you. So that imposter syndrome or that feeling like we're never good enough or, or we're going to fail. How do we get over that? How do we beat that? I have two tips. The first one is a slap in the face that that imposter syndrome is not you. It's a separate entity. It's that before when I said the biggest bullies out there are the ones we have in our own head, Mm -hmm. that imposter syndrome is a bully that lives inside your own head. When you understand it's not you and it is that bully, you have the power to tell it to F off, (laughs) piss off, like whatever it is you want to say, whatever language you want to do or use, you can tell that separate entity, you can tell that bully, "Uh uh-uh get out. Mm. You are not me. And then in that moment, you get to go back to you and decide who you want to be, what you want to tell yourself and what actions you want to take. Because we are not our thoughts, right? Yeah. That's the very first thing. The second thing that I find peace with is that it will always be there. It will be there for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And I have met and been trained by and worked with some of the most amazing self-development gurus. And I have not met one person yet. Maybe they're out there. Mm. I have not met one yet that doesn't have moments of self-doubt or imposter syndrome or crippling moments of self-doubt. The difference is they, these gurus, recognize it so early in its tracks that they get to change its course before it changes theirs. Yeah. And that's a powerful thought isn't it in itself and a powerful message to recognize that that 
just because we think something doesn't mean that we have to believe it or we are it or we have to follow through with it, does it? Absolutely. I just think that awareness and that knowing that you'll never completely disappear that voice. You'll never get rid of it entirely. There's a little bit of peace around that. Yeah. Because then you've got to realize, okay, well, what relationship do I want to have with that thing if it's going to be there for the rest of my life? How do I want to treat it? What do I want to do to best manage that? Mm. And that's why I, you know, I say F off, but that's because that's what I tell mine to do. It rears its ugly head from time to time and it, it rears its ugly head especially in times when I need to be my most positive or times when I need to be on my A game. It, that's when it likes to thrive, when you're up to big stuff, when you're out there to cause a huge result. It loves to rear its ugly head in those moments. Mm. So um, I've gotten really good at how to, how to manage mine yeah. and it involves that little swear word, but it works for me. But you can use whatever language you want to use. Or, or whatever system you want to use. But as long as you realize that bully that lives in your head is not you. Mm, I love it. And I use my competitive nature. I'm a very competitive person. I must admit, I do not like to lose. <laughs> um, that's why I think I, I always played so much sport growing up. And I, I credit it to one of my, you know, a lot of my successes is that I'm competitive. And when I do get that, those imposter thoughts like, oh, who are you to do this? Or I just finished, I wrapped up a series of live events in Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane. And just before I stepped on stage, every time I thought, oh my God, these people are here to see me. What if I fail? What if they hate what I say? And I'm like, you know what? I'm here. I've got my makeup done. I've got a fancy dress. I'm just going to get on stage. And I'm going to rock it anyway. And if they don't like it, they don't like it. You can't please everybody. And that's always sort of been my way to beat it is, or I sort of had that confidence or that, that thought where I'm just like, you know what, let me show up and I'll show you. I'll show you like who I really am or what I'm really capable of. So I use my competitive nature or I just think, you know what, what's the worst that could really happen? If I never give it a go, I'll never really know. And if I completely fail, even my worst case scenario, like someone else is out there doing far, far worse. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I love that you can you can tailor that competitiveness to your advantage in, that, in those times. Absolutely. I'm interrupting this podcast to bring you a healthy break. In this busy world, women struggle to prioritize their health and they constantly find themselves frustrated with a lack of results. Lean Gut Mind Method Coaching Service provides expertise, personalization, and a proven system of tools so that women find themselves empowered to live their best lives in a body that they choose. If you're a female who struggles with weight loss, emotional eating, and poor gut health, and you're ready to change once and for all, let me and my team help you. Lean Gutman Method is the last nutrition program you will ever need to invest in and the first program you will see lasting results from. Let me and my team show you the way. Apply for my premium one-on-one 12-week coaching program at www.leangutmindmethod.com. Now, let's get back to our show. And speaking from somebody who a lot of people would look on and think, oh, Anthony's made it, like that's my dream to be a you know, world-class speaker or do that sort of thing. Do you ever feel, feel like that fear or that imposter syndrome ever really goes away, even when we do quote unquote make it? Like you mentioned, you've met some of the best you know, confidence gurus and speakers and motivational people around the world. And we all have a little bit of it, don't we? So it's not trying to wait for it to go away, even if we do make it. It's just trying to as you said, live with it, manage with it, and come up with strategies where you can put that voice to rest and not go down that pathway and, and sort of buy into the thoughts that it's saying. Absolutely. 
look, I'm not at the end of my life yet. I plan to have many more decades ahead. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's creating that relationship. It's trying to get that relationship to work to your advantage of knowing that it's always going to be there, but not let it stop you from pursuing the things that you want. You know, one of the imposter syndromes that I find most amazing is Adele, the singer Adele, mm. the most incredible, isn't biggest, she? Yeah. incredible, oh my God, her voice is just incredible. She has crippling self-doubt before every single live performance. Mm. She talks about it in interviews mm. and you just think even with her voice. Yeah, I know. It's magical. With that talent, yeah, with her skill set, she is still dealing with the same stuff that every single one of us is and she still walks herself out on stage and sings those beautiful songs to sells out the house. adoring audience. But just to know that even Adele deals with crippling anxiety, um, I just find fascinating. So it just, it just gives more proof to we all have the, the, the same issues that we're dealing with, even if it's the smallest little matter or you're Adele trying to walk out on stage to a 70,000-plus audience. It's the same stuff we're navigating. Mm. And so what are your, I guess, quick two to three tips to manage that or in the moment where it's really crippling and it feels almost overwhelming? I know people that have said to me, I feel sick or I feel like I want to vomit. I can't do it. I can't get on stage. I can't go and give that performance to somebody. Mm. What do you find that works best for your clients? Because we're all a little bit different, aren't we? Everyone's different and tools and techniques work differently on absolutely everyone. But that same thing I was saying before is to, is, well, firstly, center yourself, take a big, deep breath, exhale, and just know that that is not you. That voice, that negative conversation, those words that are arising in your head, that is not you. That is your bully. That is your imposter syndrome thriving. Mm. So have awareness with that. Once you're in that centered place, tell it, hang on a minute, this is not me. This is not who I want to be. You need to leave. I'm here because, and you can use like affirmations or positive self-talk or just give reason as to why you're there doing that thing and get yourself back into the actual why of what you want to do, the real reason of why you're there or the impact you want to make. And then all of a sudden you cannot physically feel two things at once. You can't feel positive and excited and crippled with negativity at the same time. Mm. So once you center yourself, disappear that other stuff, start talking to yourself with more positivity, with more love, with more compassion. Once you're in that space, you physically cannot feel what you were feeling before because you can't feel those two opposing emotions at once. It's so true. And then take that step forward and do that thing. Yeah, I love that. You actually, you can't, can you? You can't feel crap and happy at the same time. It no. just doesn't work, does it? No. But the more you feel crappier or negative or feel full of self-doubt, the more you focus on that, the more you feed that and the worse it becomes, right? Mm. So it's trying to find a way to flick that switch quickly before mm. you go down that pathway where you're then fueling the self-doubt where then it becomes actually really hard to get out of the cycle, isn't it? Absolutely. Do you know a, a quick tip, and I love the science behind this, is to mm. take a deep breath and smile on the exhale. Just smile. The muscles we use in our face, just the muscles we use in our face to smile, mm. whether that smile is real or whether that smile 
is fake. <laughs> they stimulate the amygdala, which is the part of the brain that allows us to feel emotion. Mm. So that smile, the real smile or the fake smile, yeah. release neurotransmitters from our brain to encourage us to be in a feel-good state. So sometimes I work with clients that are up to big stuff and they do get nervous and they have that that self-doubt mm. and those moments of, you know, crippling negativity. I get them to use that tool is to just take a deep breath in on your exhale, just smile and you'll start yeah. to feel better. And in that moment of feeling better, then start to talk to yourself with more positive language. Mm, I love that. And I remember seeing when you were talking about the exhale and smile, I remember thinking about the Superman pose and I'm pretty sure, I don't actually know if this has research and science behind it. I saw it on Grey's Anatomy <laughs> before they'd go in for like a big surgery. I'm fully aware this is a TV show, by the way. Before they go in for a big surgery, they'd stand in that Superman pose. They'd put their hands on the hips. They'd tilt the chin upwards. And they just said that feeling or that sensation of standing there like that for 10, 20, 30 seconds makes them just be like, I've got this, nothing can stop me, let's go kind of thing. And I guess it works in that same way, doesn't it, where you just you stop the negativity because you can't feel negative and positive and powerful at the same time. Yeah. I love that. Absolutely. There is science mm. and I'm not going to go into the detail of it, but there is science behind your posture and standing tall, opening your chest, lengthening your neck Superman and lifting pose. your chin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There really is. So if you can do that, and smile, you will really start to just feel better. And then in that moment, start to talk to yourself better. Yeah. And even as you said, that fake smile often leads to a real smile. Like I think about when, you know, people are getting big family photos and the photographer's like, cheese, cheese. And everyone's like, oh, this is so awkward. This is so terrible. And then you kind of make a bit of a joke out of it. And that fake smile turns into a real smile that everybody starts laughing and people do start to have a good time. Totally. So there's so much power in even just fake smiling, like you said, because it really does lead us to become more positive or think about the situation as maybe a little bit funny or humorous. And then that leads to more positive thoughts, which then you go down that positive, confident feeling pathway versus that negative pathway that's fueled with self-doubt. Totally. Totally. Oh, I love that. They're two really actionable tips. Like just smile, fake it until it becomes real yeah. or do your Superman pose. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and it works. I promise it works. It works. I've tried it on so many different people in so many different environments. And it really works. Absolutely love it. Now, that was imposter syndrome. And I feel like we've got some really practical takeaways for our clients. What about confidence? Because I feel like whether it's work, whether it's relationships, whether it's nutrition, so many people say, Leanne, I just get so scared that I'll fail, that I'll, I'll fail your program, I'll fall off the wagon, I'll go and I'll binge again, I'll lose weight and I'll put it all back on again. And all of that comes back to confidence and that imposter syndrome where they're self-doubting themselves before they've even really begun. Or it's like mm -hmm. they, get, they get stuck in that negative cycle where because they failed once, they think they're going to fail again and again. Mm -hmm. So how can we work on improving our confidence in all areas of our life, whether it's relationships, whether it's our careers, whether it's our nutrition and our fitness even. Like I psych myself out going into the gym sometimes being like, oh, I can't lift that weight. Oh, I'm not strong enough. And I get in there and I do it and I'm like, yeah, I rocked it. <laughs> <laughs> we, we all have confidence struggles. And the thing with confidence, you can be extremely confident in one area of your life and not in another. Mm. And that's so normal. Yeah. It's You don't have to be confident in every single area of your life all at once. It can be a muscle that's always worked in different, in different areas of life. The key word there is muscle. Confidence can be worked at and drastically improved on over time. Confidence should be worked at 
and then drastically improved on over time. So being in the game of wanting to improve it. Now with confidence, I break it down into three areas that you can really start to make changes in and it will produce a really good result. Mm. And once you work in the on these areas, it can be implied to any area of your life and make really fast and drastic improvements. The first thing is start to find things you like about yourself. Now, I didn't use the word love. I used the word like. I find people have a really uh, scary relationship with love, mm-hmm. and it can mean people can make it mean a lot more mm. than what it actually is. Mm. So I try and massage people into it by saying, but what do you like about yourself? Mm. And start to notice those things. And they can be tiny little things. It can be, you know, I like the shape of my eyebrows (laughs) or I like the listening skills that I have with my friends when they come over and talk to me. Or it can be I've got great calf muscles. It can be anything that you really just like about yourself. Mm. And if you get in the practice of just starting to remind yourself or tell yourself things that you like about yourself regularly, over time, that will become things that you love about yourself. Mm. You've just got to get in practice of liking things about yourself, Mm -hmm. whatever they are. And those things as well have to be decided on by you for you. Mm -hmm. They can't be my partner likes that about me. Yeah. Or do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They have to be things that are uniquely for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The second thing that I can say is self-esteem. Get in the game of building your self-esteem. And what that is is just being in the game that can either cause a win or it can cause a loss. Now, there's no such thing as winning at everything in life. There's just no such life, right? I, don't, I haven't met one even hugely successful person that doesn't share the amount of losses that they have, mm-hmm. but they're in the game. Your self-esteem is built just by being in the game of putting yourself in an environment where you can either produce a good result or a negative result. The key is just get in the game. Mm-hmm. And I would say start with smaller things. Start doing things that can collect you small wins over time you'll start to turn those small wins into medium wins you'll start to build that muscle of confidence and they'll become much larger and larger and larger wins but you have to be in the game of building that Mm self-esteem the third thing that i have is and it happens quite naturally once you start to get in practice of liking yourself and then you start putting yourself out there in the game of self-esteem and producing some wins Mm -hmm. the third thing is is use confident language Mm -hmm. about yourself and about others. What you were saying before about this tall poppy syndrome, we also have another thing that can be quite negative and it's just that humble spirit. (laughs) It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. But it can be quite negative where people will not compliment themselves. They won't share what win they've produced They won't celebrate themselves to others. They play it very small. They'll actually talk it down. Mm. And I say, no, don't be in that space. You don't have to oversell it and you don't have to lie, but you can tell the truth. You can tell people what you're up to and you can share it with confidence and you can be proud of yourself and you can use language that celebrates yourself and celebrates the actions that you cause. So they're my three things, my three quick 
easy to apply things that can really transform your confidence in any area of life. And that is just get in the game of things you lack about yourself. Tell yourself them, whether it's internal, Mm. whether you write it down, Mm -hmm. whether you share it with someone else, whether you tell your bloody puppy (laughs) those things. (laughs) Get in the game of self-esteem by producing small wins over time. Those wins will become medium and then large. And then thirdly, watch the language you use and start to use more confident language. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of a really small example. So if somebody's listening and they're going, oh, Anthony, that all sounds great, but I'm super shy and I'm a massive introvert and I just, I can't even look people in the eye. A win that I helped, like really helped me build confidence because I've never been a confident person, I don't think, but I've actually said, I've just kind of naturally worked on it over time. And one of the first things that I started doing when I started university, I decided that I wanted to be in a space. I wanted to be a TV dietitian. That's what I said. And I was like, how will I ever be on TV? Like, I'm so not confident. So I said to myself, it's, you know, big in Australia to go get a coffee when you're at uni and you're on on campus. So every time I got a coffee, I would just make eye contact with the barista. Like I just, instead of looking at the ground, I would make eye contact. And then from there it evolved to asking them about their day or just giving them a smile, whether they were male, female, in between, it didn't matter. I was just like, make eye contact, then I'm going to smile. And when someone says to me, how's your day? Rather than saying, I'm good and looking at the ground, I'd say, how was? I said, bloody fantastic. Or I was a bit shit. My baby's teething at the moment. I didn't sleep enough. But you know, sun's out. It's a great day. Let's go. So <laughs> it really evolved from there. From the very first things I did to improve my confidence was just making eye contact at the barista. And if they asked me how my day was going, I wouldn't let myself just say good. I wouldn't let myself. I said, I had to come up with something else rather than good. Amazing. Because <laughs> that's what we do. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. And the conversation's dead. Yes. <laughs> and it's there, I mean, there's, it's not even really the answer that you want in return. It's just so habitual. Exactly. That the question, how are you, comes out. And then the answer is so short and meaningless like that. Yeah. And that is such a great example of a small win. Small win, Yes that really can over time drastically improve your confidence because that Mm. small win can turn into not just talking like that with your barista, Mm. but going into a staff meeting or a work environment and speaking your mind Mm. or going into an environment with your boss and asking for that promotion or that pay rise or whatever it is. And what started with just talking to your barista or smiling to your barista has turned into that over time. Mm, exactly. And for any listeners at home who really, if you want to start small like I did, start with, you know, the barista at the coffee shop and they used to say, hey, how are you going? And I used to have what I thought was a very funny one-liner. I'd be like, oh, desperately needing caffeine. And then they'd always laugh and they'd say something back. And to me, I was never great at initiating a conversation, but that one-liner, which I had forced myself to say, which got a little bit of a laugh, they then would be like, oh, really? What's up? Or, you know, why? And I'd be like, oh, knee deep in exam finals. I've got an assignment due. I didn't sleep well. Like it would open me up and almost forced me to have a conversation because it always got a response versus in someone's like, oh, here's your day. You're like, oh, good. It doesn't get a response. You don't initiate the conversation more that way. So that's a little, I guess, tip or tool for our listeners that really helped me in terms of my journey and being able to spark up conversations with people because that was always really daunting, meeting new people and wanting to, you know, put myself out there and grow my business means networking. It means mingling. And for me, that was terrifying. So I started with my local barista. (laughs) (laughs) That's great advice. (laughs) 
One barista at a time. Exactly. I love it. And they're always friendly. Like they almost get paid to be nice to people. So you can't really go wrong, right? (laughs) (laughs) So true. All right. Well, I mean, I guess, did you have any more advice for people that are incredibly shy or that feel a little bit overwhelmed? But they might be, as you mentioned, going for a big promotion. I feel like with work, a lot of us have that imposter syndrome where we think, oh, I deserve it. I work hard, but you know, I I don't want to go for it because that person's better or they're more confident or they interview better than me. Mm -hmm. How do we deal with the imposter syndrome in those situations where we might be looking to have a big win, but we haven't built up enough of the small wins? Any tips there? Exactly. And it's yes, because do you notice how much of that negative voice impacts our entire life? Mm. And it, it, it always goes back to just creating the relationship you want with that imposter syndrome or that bully or that negative voice inside your head is really starting to create a very powerful relationship with it and know that it's not yourself. Because in that environment of being scared to go into that meeting or scared to ask your boss a certain thing or really wanted that promotion, that's when that imposter syndrome or that negative voice thrives and it's not you. Mm. But I do know what you mean when people and I I do work with a lot of people that are are, are very shy or you know they look at someone like me as a dancer and a performer and going on stage and public speaking and think that you know they could never get to that level couldn't do that yeah 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 Mm. and so it seems easy for me to give kind of advice like this Mm. but just know that confidence is a muscle and it might not happen straight away. It might not grow super quickly, but you have to be in the game of growing it. You have to put yourself out there. Mm. There is no growth with your confidence staying in that safe place of shy or being awkward. And they're really endearing qualities about people (laughs) that I love. I've got so many close connections in my life who are really shy and awkward people and could think of nothing worse than doing what I do for a living. Yeah, yeah. But putting yourself out there, being in the game of improving that confidence over time, those very small wins, exactly like what you said, and then take that risk. Just do that thing anyway. Whether you get the result you want or not, there will be a beautiful result from just doing that thing anyway. Because you're training the muscle, the confidence muscle. Yes. And you might not get that pay rise. You might not get that promotion. But if you just put yourself out there in that space and back yourself and just take that step forward, there is so much growth in that. And it doesn't matter if you get the promotion or you don't because personally you've experienced so much growth and you should be so proud of yourself for doing so. I love that. And I just love the analogy thinking like like a muscle because – you don't get to, like your brother, become a world-class athlete without training, Mm. without going through years and years of trying to improve yourself overall. So like you said, without any skin in the game, if we're not working out constantly, we're never going to actually improve. So thinking about it like a muscle, I think really helps me because I'm a very visual person and knowing that you just have to keep getting these little small wins. Like you said, talk about, you know, the guy that packs your bags at Coles or Woolworths or give the barista a smile. Or, you know, if you get on the bus each day, say hello to the bus driver. They're just the smallest little wins that for some people can feel so incredibly overwhelming. Mm. But it's start small and progress from there, right? Absolutely. I think sometimes we overwhelm ourselves by thinking we have to do the biggest things where actually sometimes the smallest little wins are the most successful. Absolutely. Make the biggest impact. Absolutely. And it's a never-ending relationship. Mm. It's to be worked at ongoingly 
for the rest of your life and constantly improving that muscle. And if you're in that game, you fast forward a couple of years and your confidence is completely transformed just by starting so small right now. Yeah, how funny. Yeah, I don't get anxiety. I don't get sweaty palms if I have to, I don't have to talk myself up to saying hello to the barista anymore or if I'm at a networking party and, you know, um, even at this one at the gym, we have a crate there and we had beer in the stroller in the crate and I noticed another girl's little bub, they were sort of like talking to each other in baby language as you do. And I walked up to her and I said, oh, how old is your bub? They're really cute together. The old me would have never just randomly walked up to somebody at the gym and struck up a conversation. But as you said, it's years of me working on this, whether intentional sometimes or not. For me, that, you know, that would have been a massive, massive win. But for me, I would count that as a small win these days in terms of my confidence. So it's all about that growth and that continuous, like keep trying to flex that muscle and keep staying in the game. Like you said, it's a game of life, isn't it? It doesn't really end. <laughs> oh, never ends. And that's the thing, you know, in the, the space that I'm doing, in the coaching space, we know the best sports team in the world are the best athletes. They have coaches, but the game of life is a much bigger game than a bloody rugby league game mm. or a hundred meter sprint. Mm. So the game of life, you want to have environments around you that are coaching you. And this isn't me saying, hey, I'm a coach, come and see me. I'm not trying to plug what I do here. Mm -mm. You can get coaching from any free platform now, from anything out there. There's so many wonderful things on YouTube and podcasts just like yours. You can be receiving life coaching all the time. So I really encourage you whilst, yes, doing those things to create those small wins and being in the game of building the muscle, Mm. be a sponge to all the beautiful information we have around us about advancing our lives and advancing our mindset and staying in that game as well. Mm, Just general self-improvement continuously, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that. All right, well, Anthony, I'm very conscious that I've taken up quite a lot of your time, so I'm very grateful that you've come on the potty today. Before we go, any, I guess, last take-home message for our listeners around beating imposter syndrome or improving your self-confidence, if there's one thing you want us all to remember before you leave, what would it be? Oh, good question. You know what I would love the most is if people just started to smile more, whether you want to or not, just smile more. And it's what you said before to the barista, just smiling more, fake or real, is even more beneficial and produces better results when you smile at others for no real reason at all. So if I could say one thing to take away is just be in the game of smiling more, whether it's real or fake then start to just smile more at others. I promise that simple, simple tool can transform your life. Yeah, it makes you feel good when you do it as well, doesn't it? Totally. Even if they don't give it back to you. (laughs) Totally, totally. And then also just, like I said, stay in that game of beautiful work on yourself and, you know, listening to things just like this and, and other sources in which you can always move your life forward and always gain more insight and always hear different aha moments for yourself. I think that's a really powerful thing too. Mm, and I think podcasts have really opened us up to that world where we can continuously do a lot of that self-improvement without, you know, having to invest hundreds of thousands into different, um, you know, programs and going to seminars and that sort of thing. I think in a way, although how horrible COVID was, podcasts exploded and there was so much information on mental health and self-care and self-improvement for people everywhere, isn't there? Oh, Totally. There was some silver linings of COVID, that's for sure. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. We survived it and we came out the other side, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Well, before we go, Anthony, uh, where can our listeners find you online? Where can they give you a follow? What's your website looking like? The platform I use the most is Instagram. Mm-hmm. So my handle is just at Anthony Iken. Mm-hmm. And Iken is spelled I-K-I-N. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a weird surname. 
and my business is called I Can Achieve. Mm -hmm. So the website is just um, ICanAchieve.com and those two places you can find me and um, listen to me and hear me preach about all of this kind of stuff um, on a daily kind of basis. Definitely. So if you're not following Anthony on Instagram, absolutely go and give him a follow and we'll put your handle in the show notes as well and same deal with your website. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It's been a pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. And I just, yeah, wish yourself and everyone out there listening a beautiful day and a beautiful life.